Welcome to Amplifying Wellness with TLC Podcast. This is a place we are dedicated to your self-care and wellness. We share guest stories, information, and tips on how to live healthier and happier lives. We are Twin Life Coaching and Business Services with your hosts, myself, Tara Lehman, and my sister, Barcha. We care about increasing awareness around self-care and mental health through this podcast, coaching, consulting, workshops, and community. To find out more about all of our services and our community, feel free to visit us at twinlifecoaching.ca. That's C-A as in Canada. As a reminder, this podcast is for sharing of stories and information only and is not intended to be or replace any medical advice you are seeking or have received. Today, we're joined by Britt Marie Sykes, a career counselor and founder of Canvas Career Counseling. Welcome to the show, Britt Marie. Thank you, Barb. Thank you, Tara. It's lovely to be here with you both. Great. We can't wait to talk about your very important topic today, which is stress and burnout. So why don't we start uh, with you telling us us and our audience a little bit more about why this topic is important to you. Well, one of the biggest reasons this topic is important to me is I hear I hear people's experiences of stress and burnout every day. And yes, I'm a career counselor. And so I, you know, work with clients in a variety of areas that revolve around their relationship with work and career. And stress and burnout is increasingly a topic of conversation. Um, even if someone's going through career change, uh, maybe we're dealing with issues of career maintenance. Maybe we're dealing with uh, issues of uh, pre-retirement, post-retirement, mm. uh, whether it's a young adult uh, thinking about career development and what a career life will look like amidst all the changes in the world. Stress and burnout um, are creeping into all of these conversations. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, we hear it all the time with life and with leaders. And, you know, you're right. The world right now is crazy and it's causing so much stress and burnout. So, you know, as a career counselor, obviously you hear about this, like you said, daily, right, which is an unfortunate problem. What are some of your clients experiencing? Are are they, you know, is it just about work? Are they bringing that stress home? What are they experiencing? Well, often what I hear, it starts with the descriptors, and it's really based on what they're experiencing day to day. So I feel overwhelmed. I feel completely stuck. I feel disengaged from what I'm doing. I feel disconnected. I no longer like what I do. I no longer feel the value of the work I'm doing. Does my work have any purpose? I feel completely flat and exhausted all the time. Nothing seems to help. Um, These are just some of the things that I'm hearing. So it usually starts with um, a word, a phrase, a descriptor, something that's really standing out for someone. And I really commend people for even coming forward with those words and phrases, because that really is a first step to acknowledging something has dramatically shifted in my relationship with work and career. I, and I seem, and I feel this may be, as you were saying, Tara, seeping in to other areas of my life. 
Um, but it's again, something has changed and shifted with the relationship they have with work and career, with that intrinsic value they feel with the work that they do has, has, has diminished substantially. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I was uh, actually, sorry, Tara. I, no, go ahead. Um, I, I was actually going to comment on some of the words you used when the, you know people yeah. are saying things like they feel stuck. It's very general. So do they, do they ever have uh, specific things or are you having to actually dig to figure out what they mean by that? Um, I mean, I've, I've had that experience in the past where you're at work and you feel stuck and you can't pinpoint it, but then other times you can. So I'm wondering, are you seeing just kind of with the world the way it is the last few years? Is it more general or do they, can they figure out the specifics pretty quickly? Well, yeah, stuck is a very general term and you're right, yeah. Barb. I always go deeper. So my, my question, the minute some, a client says, I feel stuck or I just feel completely stuck. My next question is, help me better understand what stuck feels like for you. How are you experiencing stuck? And that can often help. Um, it's not the only question, but that can that's often an entry point for clients to go more personal and be very descriptive and reflective. It, again, you know, these conversations allow space to be a bit more reflective and to get to the heart of what is that personal experience of stuck? Because yeah, we, we use lots of terms uh, very mm-hmm. generally and we don't often give ourselves the time and space to be very descriptive, but what's my experience with stuck or what's happening to me when I use a phrase like I feel disconnected from my work? What does that mean for me? So I always start again with the personal, what's being experienced at a very personal level. Yeah, I love that. And I want to come back to a word that you said earlier, too, which is that acknowledgement. That is, you know, step number one, because a lot of people in this world just accept stress as a part of life. But really, long term chronic stress shouldn't be part of life. It should be acknowledged that there's a concern. So it's good to hear you have those types of clients that even if they just feel stuck, that you're able to help them bring out what is it that we need to acknowledge is causing this, right? I think that's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, acceptance and acknowledgement is yeah. is hard, as you say. I I agree. We've sort of normalized mm-hmm. um, stress and burnout, and I've often I've often said that you know we sometimes use stress and burnout interchangeably, as if they're exactly the same thing. Um, I mean, they're not. There are some overlaps, but they're they're not the same thing. Um, but we've sort of normalized it. Oh, yeah, this is part of work. This is part yes. of the world now. I'm going to experience part of my work and career as stressful, or I may experience burnout. Um, and that normalization um, doesn't uh, doesn't help us all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if we're not accepting and acknowledging, we may be minimizing or denying what we're feeling. And yes. and and that can be more problematic when we're minimizing, denying or even fighting against. Um, I'm sure you've also encountered with clients. Yeah, um, we don't want to acknowledge we have burnout because that might mean does that mean I'm not a professional? Does that mm-hmm. not mean, does that mean I'm not good at what I'm doing? 
does that mean I don't have the skills and expertise to do what I'm doing? And, you know, I've often, you know, had conversations with clients where um, it's possible, I, you know, sometimes ask clients to hold two things. It's possible to be very good at what you do and have burnout. Mm-hmm. And accepting accepting that and is is challenging. We have to have more conversations about these issues to kind of yeah. normalize. Yes, you can be a, you can be an incredible professional. You can have an incredible work ethic. Uh, you can be incredibly good at what you do. You can love what you do, and you can experience burnout. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people experience that. Uh, something that you mentioned was the difference um, that there is differences between stress and burnout. And a lot of people don't realize that for, for, through your career counseling, how do you define those or how do you separate those? Well, I usually like to start with stress because we use that word uh, so often. Stress is a natural part of life and human functioning. We sometimes forget that it's okay to experience stress. (laughs) Stress can be motivating. It can be, you know, it can be exhilarating and it can also be challenging. One of the differences between stress and burnout is that stress with stress, there is still some room for stress to respond to uh, even minimal changes like getting a good night's sleep um, realizing, oh, I've skipped lunch three days in a row. No wonder I feel, you know, I, I feel so, um, you know, kind of jittery and wrangly by, by three o'clock in the afternoon. Or, uh, you know, I took a weekend. I got off my phone. I got off the computer. I spent a lot of time with the dog, with my kids, with, uh, people that I really care about. I really felt myself. Uh, in other capacities, uh, away from work. And I noticed I felt more buoyant. I felt lighter. Uh, stress responds to little changes. There's still room for some perspective. You know, for example, you know, you take on a new project at work and it is stressful. The project is big. It's got a massive deadline. Uh, there's a lot of people working on it. That can be stressful as well as invigorating. I'm so glad I'm, I, I was put on this project. Oh my gosh, this is wonderful. But wow, is it ever stressful? Does it ever take up a lot of time? But there's still some room for perspective and there's still room to say, you know what? This project is really tense and it has a deadline, but it's really valuable to me. I, I really want to be a part of this. It's uh, it's it's going to teach me a lot. I'm going to learn a lot. I, I really love contributing to this. So it is going to gobble up a lot of my time over the next couple of weeks, but that's okay. We're still able to weigh uh, the value of something. We're still able to recognize, you know, some of this stress, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to counterbalance it with a few changes over the next couple of weeks, but this isn't forever. So imagine what burnout is, you know, mm-hmm. take that even further. And it doesn't respond as readily to any changes. Um, there is, again, just chronic levels of fatigue. Um, there's significant changes in our attitudes 
uh, towards yeah. work, towards life, towards ourselves. There are big changes in other areas of our lives that normally give us some sustenance mm-hmm. or give us some room to feel rejuvenated or rested. And those areas are not providing that any longer, or we're isolating ourselves from, from those areas. So it's not uncommon with burnout to feel, you know, to feel so, um, to feel so low that we don't want to engage with others. And that sort of compounds um, how disengaged we're feeling. It's almost like there's no end of the tunnel when you have burnout, but with stress, there's an end of a light at the end of the tunnel sort of idea. It can really feel like that with burnout. It can feel so overwhelming. It seems insurmountable and, and stress. There's, there's some room. There's some, some room to bring in some perspective. There's some room to bring in some personal resilience. There's some room to make a a tiny change. And with burnout, we just don't feel that room any, any longer. So, um, and, and again, burnout affects us physically, emotionally, cognitively. And that's not to say stress doesn't, um, doesn't hit us in those areas as well. But again, with stress, we might feel overwhelmed mentally and we respond to some physical exercise. We respond to a 20 minute walk. We respond to making sure we're eating three times a day. Um, you know, we respond to, um, you know, a, a good conversation with a friend and some good laughter and burnout. Those, uh, those things that we usually rely on, um, seem further and further away. And we don't, and we don't have that, um, that response. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this then, because those are really great definitions of stress and burnout. When we are, you know, maybe burnt out or chronically stressed, depending on how people define it, but in your case, they burnt out. Is work-life balance even possible? Is it something that can exist for us? You know, it, it's such an interesting phrase, Tara, because we, you know, yes. we use this phrase all the time. And I won't necessarily change the phrase, but what I like to, the kinds of conversations I have with clients is I just reframe that phrase to work-life balancing. So like because we, we seem to think that work-life balance is one thing. And if we discover it, almost like a formula or a strategy, if we can just hammer down that formula, um, all will be well. But, you know, life doesn't work that way. It doesn't, Um, no. (laughs) So I try to reframe it as work-life balancing and really start conversations there. It's an ongoing process. We are always re-evaluating our lives. We are always experiencing um, and so, again, being more mindful and attentive to how we're experiencing life uh, on a day-to-day basis, really being attentive to what is changing and shifting. Do I like those changes? Do I like those shifts? Is that shift strange to me? Is it problematic? Is it challenging? Um, what could I do? Um, is this a time in my life where you know, it might sound counterintuitive, but is this a time in my life where I'm okay with there being a little bit of imbalance? I know, um, you know, parents of younger children who may be involved in all sorts of extracurricular activities yeah. and know what it's like to 
you know, um, be taking care of everything in life. And suddenly for a couple of years, you've got all these other activities that you're involved in. And for some, it's a, it's a, a choice that they make happily. Yes, I realize, you know, um, you know, certain things may be balanced in one direction over another. But again, when we feel that what we're doing is intrinsically valuable to us, it's meaningful, um, we, we can make those adjustments. We can accept those, that shift in balance sing. So work-life balance sing is ongoing for the rest of our lives and it will have different meanings at different times in our lives as well. Mm-hmm. And I like how you worded that with the balancing part, because let's be honest, perfect balance is not likely to happen. I mean, we've all been there with young kids and and having to do all these things. And it's only a couple of years. So you know, the balance that balance might shift a little bit depending on even where we are in life. And Mm -hmm. as we get older, maybe we're supporting our parents in a different way. You know, so I like how you define work life balancing, because it will never be perfect. Let's be honest, right? What is your opinion on that? I, I agree. Absolutely. It isn't, it'll never be perfect. And that's not what we want to strive for because yeah. striving for that, guess what? It leads to stress <laughs> and disappointment for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. we don't want to be fighting with ourselves. No. Uh, we don't want to be fighting with ourselves and, and have this sort of arbitrary standard that we're trying to reach that takes us away from being fully present in our lives and really accepting of our lives. Again, when we put that arbitrary, um, uh, you know, it's an arbitrary goal of mm-hmm. work-life balance, but again, it means different things to different people. It means That's different right. things to us at different stages of our lives. And I, I think again, striving for that, when we don't even really know what it is, mm-hmm. um, pulls us away from what is and where we do have control um, and where we have a say and where we can actually feel the value of our lives. And that's mm-hmm. being more present. Absolutely. So what are some of the other things, though, like you're saying, being present would be certainly one uh, I think that we could all try to be doing more of. But what are some suggestions that our audience could possibly integrate? Um, just in their own lives at home or at work that might help with some of those feelings of uh, stress or even someone who's approaching burnout. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd start just generally because we've been sort of touching upon this uh, with the last, uh, you know, the last question about work-life balancing. But, I mean, give yourself a daily dose of self-compassion. I love that. Um, Really, uh, and, you know, look at your life. What what's flexible in my life? Um, what can be shifted ever so slightly? Again, we're not looking for perfection. We're not looking for huge, big changes. But again, coming back, regularly monitor how you feel emotionally, how you feel physically. Regularly monitor your thought patterns. Notice if they're getting negative. Um, notice if emotionally you're feeling really flat and disengaged. Um, notice if physically you're just dragging yourself through each day and there's a lack of, uh, lack of motivation. Again, 
it's, it's, uh, we all do this. We all sometimes wait too long, mm-hmm. um, before we attend to these things and everything in life takes practice. So practice regularly monitoring shifts that take place. Again, our motivation and energy shift naturally throughout the mm-hmm. course of a day. Yeah. But even, you know, even at the end of the day, taking five or 10 minutes at the end of the day and just asking yourself, how was this day for me? How was I feeling about the things that happened today? We're not talking about yesterday, tomorrow, but how do, how do I feel about what happened today? How do I feel about what I gave to my work, to my relationships, my, my family, other activities? And what did I gain from these, um, from these activities that I'm involved in or this work that I'm involved in? It doesn't take a long time to incorporate reflective practice into our lives, but it does take, you know, it, it does take some time to nourish and cultivate, but even five or 10 minutes at the end of the day, even, you know, and it, I mean this quite seriously, even celebrating something, even yes. even tiny saying, I had a wonderful conversation. Oh, today I had a wonderful conversation with so-and-so, one of my colleagues at lunchtime that was so invigorating to actually take some time together and have a one-to-one conversation. We laughed. It was so uplifting. Even acknowledging that at the end of the day shifts something in our nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or again, just recognizing, you know, where our motivation sort of fell flat, but looking at it with some compassionate curiosity and not condemning it immediately, but going, hmm, interesting. Interesting. Going from meeting to meeting to meeting doesn't actually work for me. I'm starting to realize I need 10 or 15 minutes between meetings to be quiet, to uh, maybe, you know, walk up and down a couple of flights of stairs or just move myself into another part of the office and, and put my eyes on something on something different. I, I, I need those, those breaks, those boundaries, even taking notice of that, that enables you to say, what little changes could I implement? Can I ask for 10 or 15 minutes in between, in between uh, meetings? Is that possible? Um, where can I get some support for that? Um, where can I get some of that quiet space? Um, that I feel I need to almost, you know, kind of cleanse the palate mm-hmm. between meetings. Um, so it's it's really, um, and I'm not suggesting that this is easy. Again, I, I'm a big proponent that everything takes practice, but really um, taking some time every day, five, 10 minutes at the most to really reflect on that day. How am I feeling at the end of this day? You know, where, where has, has something wonderful happened today? Did I have a really good conversation? Did I have a great walk with the dog? Mm -hmm. The day was hard. Work was hard. I'm so appreciative that I was able to take the dog for a walk and, you know, look at the trees. And I'm appreciative of that. Um, Again, it reminds us, brings us, you know, kind of grounds us 
brings mm-hmm. us back to the to the present. And that's where we can activate our resources. What's possible? I love the idea of the self-reflection. I think a lot of people, yeah. as you said as well, a lot of times people self-reflect focusing on the negative where you need to also self-reflect on what went well today because yeah. that helps you move forward to the next day and make some changes if you need to. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Or we spend far too much time uh, and we all do this. We all do this far too much time trying to fix things in the past or anticipating things in the future. And, and sometimes, um, you know, just saying it's, it's good to be here right now, or even after a very challenging day, it might be, it's good to be here with my family right now. This is good. This is also part of my life. And again, sometimes with, uh, you know, chronic stress or at most burnout, we need to feel ourselves and experience ourselves in the other areas of our lives away from work. It validates the value of our life and gives us some space to go, oh, yes, I'm also the person who has friends. I'm also the person who has a family. I'm also the person who's the athlete. I'm also the person who is the dog lover, the cat lover. I'm also the person who's good to my neighbor. Um, I'm also the person who has uh, a great mom, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, We need to feel those, those other areas of our lives. I 100% agree. Many, many years ago, I was suffering burnout myself. And my coach said, I want you to write down three things every night that you're grateful for from that day. And it could be the color of the trees if you really can't think of anything, right? It's really about being present. And like you said, acknowledging and paying attention to, you know, those other things, because it's not just about work in, in, in the case, right? Or just about my parents and having to help them or whatever it is, there are also those wonderful things that are out there too. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if for those who drive, have a commute every day, Mm -hmm. uh, sitting in your car, uh, maybe you're listening to the radio, a song comes on that you love, even acknowledging, I love this song. Not just, not just feeling the music or letting it sort of, you know, sort of flow over you, but actually saying, I love this song. Oh, this is a great song. It immediately changes something in your nervous system. It changes something emotionally. It changes something in your nervous system and it opens up a bit of space there. There's possibility. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you shared a lot of great pieces of advice. Is there one that, you know, somebody's really struggling that maybe you recommend they start with? Well, I always recommend if you are feeling any of the things that we've talked about today, um, don't stay isolated. Reach out to a family physician, reach out to a therapist if it's appropriate um, and you need to talk about your relationship with work and career, reach out to a career counselor or a career coach, maybe a combination of these, Mm -hmm. but reach out for support, for help, for conversation. It is out there. Perfect. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for all that conversation, Britt Marie. It was really, really interesting. It was great. 
Um, if our audience wants to learn a bit more about your actual um, counseling practice uh, for career counseling, how could they get a hold of you or check you out online? Yeah, thank you, Barb. Yeah, if anybody's interested, so my business is Canvas Career Counseling, and you can, uh, the website is mycareercanvas.co, that's C-O. Um, you can email me at hello at mycareercanvas.co. Uh, you can also follow me, if you like, on Instagram at, uh, at mycareercanvas. Awesome. awesome. Thank, you. thank you so much for your time today, Britt Marie, and for all those wonderful suggestions as well. It's greatly appreciated on a very important topic. Well, thank you both for this invitation. I really appreciated this conversation. Thank you. You're welcome. Of course, we all want to thank our listeners for joining us today. We can't wait to bring you more to amplifying your wellness with us. And of course, our guests sharing stories such as Britt Marie's today. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn as Twin Life Coaching and Business Services, or our YouTube handle, which is at Twin Life Coaching. To find out more about all of our services, please visit us at twinlifecoaching.ca. Until next time, remember, you've got this.